Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sport of Kings podcast. On this pod, we discuss the late pick five at Fairgrounds on Saturday, March 25th, 2023. This is show number 217, March 24th, 2023. I'm Scott Carson, founder of Sport of Kings, and I'm joined by my co-host, Hall of Fame handicapper, Chris Larmy. Chris, it's Louisiana Derby Day. How do you feel? Yeah, this is when the, the derby preps get real. I mean, from here on out, they're the, the winners of these preps are going to probably be the likely favorites going into the Derby. So this is where it gets exciting. This is where the Triple Crown Trail really starts, I think, this this race right here. And you know, for the next, I don't know, six, eight weeks, the uh, Triple Crown kind of dominates the racing scene. You know, it's interesting. The last two years, we had major prominent horses coming into the Louisiana Derby, including Midnight Bourbon. And um, last year, um, what was that horse? You left out Mandalone, who ended up winning, you know, being the official. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. Mandalone. <laughs> Mandalone. Epicenter right. last year, right? Right, an epicenter. Smile happy and. Um, uh, so anyway, well, too. it was it was much more prominent la- the last two years, and I think this year maybe mm, whoever wins this race won't be the favorite. I'm kind of guessing. Uh, yeah, you would think, unless you know, there's surprising you know dropouts along the way. But yeah, it's unlikely that the winner of this, unless they turn in some dazzling performance. Um, you know, I think this year uh, it's really wide open. And I think it, we're going to see this happen more and more with the Derby that horses are so lightly raced. Um, they run so little uh, that you just don't really have much to go on. And it's, you know, it's those last prep or two, everything's riding on those. And so, you know, I think horses are going to come out of nowhere on a regular basis going forward in the Derby. It's, um, this year might be an exception in that forte, fort or forte. Um, you know, I think he is going to be the favorite if if he wins his prep, his final prep. I unless somebody just turns in a jaw dropper between now and then, he'll be the favorite. Um, but you know, if he if something goes wrong with him, who knows? Um, it's going to be real interesting. But I like that. Keeps it nice and wide open and. Um, because usually when we get to these final preps, uh, it it's the favorites are pretty strong and it gets kind of tough to beat them. At like ten years ago, that would have been the case, but now I think every one of these races coming up, heading up to the Derby, there'll be some potential price plays and the races will be really interesting to handicap. Play in the Sport of Kings NHC qualifier starting every month. Each month, the top 50 players who are NHC Tour members advance to Round 2, which is Breeders' Cup weekend. In that final, 450 players will duke it out, playing all 14 Breeders' Cup races. Two people will win a seat to the NHC, and the top 100 will get Tour points. Join the NHC Tour before any monthly Round 1 begins. If you join the Tour, you could win up to 20 seats to the NHC in free contests. For only 50 bucks, it's the best deal in racing. If you sign up for the tour, use promo code Sport of Kings so we get credit. If you haven't signed up for our free contest with free DRFPPs, go to sportofkings.net right now. Thank you and good luck. And we have a special returning guest. He's an on-track analyst at Fairgrounds Racetrack. He's qualified for the NHC twice and cashed in 2021. He was on a few weeks back and gave us a couple winners, including one at 8-1. to one. He's Kevin Kilroy. Kevin, welcome back. Scott, Chris, thanks for having me back. 
enjoyed it last time and uh we gave out some good stuff right and hopefully we can do it again um it's going to be uh, a lot of a lot of chances that uh a pick five and different multi-race sequences we got a bunch for them with those 15 races and that bayou bluegrass five teaming up with turfway park so there's there's opportunities to take some swings for sure yeah looking forward to hearing some of your workout uh info because you had some good stuff last uh last time you were on which was only four weeks ago yeah definitely definitely Okay, well, we'll uh, we'll we'll uh, since we just had you on, we won't we won't ask you too many questions. We're just going to go right into the eighth race, which is the start of the late pick five at Fairgrounds, or it's at least the the, the pick five that we're doing. It's uh, the eighth through twelfth race sequence, and the first one is the Tom Benson Memorial Stakes, a mile and the sixteenth on turf, purse of a hundred thousand for fillies and mares, four year olds and up. Kevin, why don't you get us started? Yeah, for me, this is a single. Uh, and the number six, Bedia. She, uh, you know, I think I think she'll be the favorite when when all is said and done. I know she's the second choice on the morning line, and so not much value there. But she was she was just ultra impressive at Colonial Downs. That was a, that was a meet that I was pretty tapped into. And you know, that first race that she won, um, she was able to come off the uh, the slowest pace and, and get it done uh, past the fine field, and then she really came into her running style they've been trying to get get her going with um, and then that next one beating beating alms and uh really settling back and you're talking to Correa's he um she used to be just an all-out send she was she was just a front runner galore down in Argentina went in the Copa de Plata um on the lead and you know by four lengths and they've had to they've decided to change her running style and she, she's been doing great they didn't you know didn't want to go to a, to a grade one, and that's really the, the options they saw. And they didn't want to run at Churchill because of the way the turf was um, last fall. And they've just been sharpening her up for this, and I think she's going to have a big year. So it's a single for me, you know, but um, I do feel like there's a, there's a horse you want to look at. Number two, New Boss, the Calhoun runner. Um, hasn't always put the best foot forward, um, but really did in that last effort. Stepped up big time, um, especially when looking at the third grass figure. And I do feel like uh, – Calhoun's gonna, you know, gonna be gonna be sharp on this day. You know, he's he's been trying to get that trainer's title, and uh, he's just won back. And um, gonna be some value for sure on New Boss. I think that one's gonna be overlooked. So in terms of underneath, that's one I'm interested in. But the pick five, it's, a, it's all six for me. Okay, Didia does nothing but win six for nine lifetime. Only question is the layoff, but she won off a layoff last year. Chris, what yep. are you thinking? Yeah, not just six for nine. She's six for seven on the turf, and her only loss was her debut. So, um, routing on turf, she's never lost. So, she's definitely the best horse in the race. But the layoff, you know, this is not the target for this horse. I do think they probably have big plans for her. She's been training well, but the barn's not um, known for sending them fully cranked out on off the bench. So, I think there's a you know p- potential where she runs well and sets herself up for her next race, but doesn't necessarily have to win in here. Um, especially on these turf routes, and trip trips can play a big part as well. So I totally agree. That's the horse to beat. Probably the likely favorite. Probably one you'd want to use in your pick five. Um, but I. I mean, I, I think there's a, a really live price horse in here, so that's where I'm going to head the four-horse island hideaway. Um, this horse has run kind of at lower levels, you know, places like Houston and, and Lone Star and Remington, but consistently runs good numbers, good enough to win in here. And I think it has excuses for its two poor results at fairgrounds. Um on many of the days of fairgrounds, she just did not want to be on the rail. And um, this horse was stuck down the rail and both at starts. So I think that's a legitimate excuse. I like the fact they're bringing it back in a stakes despite those, you know, that last poor effort where the horse kind of made a move and, and then got tired late. And again, I, that move was along that the bad part of the track. So to me, that horse showed some run, even though it didn't finish the race off. And I think one thing we, and I want to have Kevin weigh in on this, is there's a big change to the turf course for this race, for the races on Saturday 
in, in that they're for the first time during the meet, or waiting till like the second to last day of the meet, they're moving <laughs> the rails back in, not yep. all the way, but a, they're opening up a couple of new lanes with fresh, you know, pristine turf right along the rail. Um, so it won't be quite the same paperclip they've been running on lately. And that that's completely chewed up right now. So you're going to have all of a sudden a couple of lanes along the rail that are potentially a much better place to be than the rest of the track, which is sort of completely flipping the track profile because for most of the meet riders have been, you know, trying their best to get to the outside rail because that was better than the inside. It might at worst case, I'm guessing it'll play like a normal turf track now where being inside and saving ground is very advantageous. But it might even be more so that that might just be better ground to be running on. So you'll have a huge advantage if you can save ground. You know, it's it's hard to predict. And I, I don't know if any if Kevin knows anybody's out walking the course or inspecting the course and has any opinion on, you know, is that inside better than the outside? But that could make a big difference for, you know, a horse like Island Hideaway who could tuck in off the pace, save ground all the way around, and then have that entire length of the the fairground stretch to run the front runners down. In a race where I think there's plenty of pace with gather as you go and adventuring likely to be the front runners along with new boss that Kevin mentioned. So anyway, I like Island Hideaway quite a bit. And, um, you know, the, there is a question, does she class up? And she's certainly not as talented as media, but you know, off the layoff, this is not a target race probably for the barn. I think Didia may not be fully cranked and may be vulnerable. Yeah, that, that turf course, it looks great from uh from the from the press box. We're up on the sixth floor and it uh it looks like the best going for sure. You know, that and the far outside, you know. Um so I think it's it is a big variable that could could create some interesting scenarios, you know, and uh, I think it's, it's it's something to keep in mind for sure. But it also could be one of the things that just sort of gets in the jockey's heads and uh, causes them to to overthink their trip. You know, we've seen that a, a bunch too with the uh, with the riders here. But maybe that's an advantage to Sayas, you know, having the rail there and not necessarily being one who's been riding on the turf course and overthinking it um, might just be able to to ride a good horse. But uh, but yeah, there is some speed in there, so I'm not not trying to beat uh, beat a runner with one of these front runners. Yeah, that just you did mention the rider. I forgot to mention Island Hideaway also gets the rider back Torres, who the last two times he's ridden that horse, he's won. So gets oh, yeah. reunited with the rider rider that has knows the horse, has had success with the horse. I think that that will help its chances as well. Well, it's interesting. I I do have both of your horses as uses, but I and so I'm I'm going three deep in this race. But uh, I landed on She Can't Sing. She is three for her last four uh, while on Lasix, and she gets it back today after three races without it. She won this race last year at 24 to 1. She's just, she just fits on numbers. And uh, at 9 to 2, which seems like mm, you know, maybe she will go off at that, maybe 4 to 1. She's she's the one that I want here, and uh, Chris Block is having a great meet. He's uh, hitting it thirty three percent, and um, and and then I I did want to ask you because I I, I am going to use Didia with you know sort of non favorites and other legs, but Kevin did Ignacio Carias say anything about the layoff? Like you know, do you think like what, what was your sense of it? based on, you know, did he give you any indication about that? Yeah. He said, um, she's a hundred percent, you know, she, he, he did say not fully cranked, right. That he, he would he'd be lying to say that, um, she won't run better for second start, but, um, she's, she's as top as she can be. And, um, uh, so coming into it, you know, with, with full intentions of, of, you know, of trying to win, um, yeah. So I, I, I think that really positive stuff that just, just, uh, push me further into uh to wanting to uh to, to single her there um so yeah she seems like she's doing great yeah i mean that i would guess just based on the numbers that she will be not only definitely the favorite but pretty heavy favorite like eight to five 
Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. Unless people just really aren't trusting that colonial downs form for one reason or another. Yeah, she's been training well and everyone knows it, then she's going to get pounded, I think. Um, so if you're right and she's looked really good in the mornings, my guess is she's going to be a heavy favorite. Um, and because that's sort of the big question mark with that one, right? Is the layoff. Um, yeah, and layoff. I agree, Scott. Yeah, I agree, Scott. She can't sing. Just, you know, she's run well on the course. And even without Lasix, her last races haven't been bad at all, I didn't think. You know, one was in the mud. You kind of, that last one, you kind of ignore. But the one before that, she actually won on the dirt, you know. So she's in good form and she certainly fits. I just, I'm not sure about the price, but probably nine to two, especially if they, bet down Didia, um, you could get that price. The other horse I would mention, the horse that probably has the most upside is the horse right outside of She Can't Sing the Nine, New Year's Eve. Um, you know, she's been running against really good competition. You know, she's kind of a classy type. She's tends to always run a race. She maybe just wasn't quite as good as some of those horses she was facing last year, but those last few races of hers were all at a mile and a quarter or more. Um, and maybe she, you know, is more of a middle distance horse. So based on the breeding, you know, it's kind of iffy on by kittens joy. You think longer is better, but she's out of an elusive quality mare. So I don't know, you know, it, it, it'll be interesting, but she could, if she comes back running, you know, she's ready off the bench and Brendan Walsh is much better than Correa's is off the, off the layoffs. Um, you know, she's the one that could could pull a surprise. I think she might float up above that five to one morning line, but we'll see. And she gets Flavian Pratt, who's, you know, certainly yeah. um, a, a good rider. Um, but I, I my I'm going to be real interesting. I really recommend people watch. Unfortunately, it's a sprint race, but there is one other turf race before this one. And kind of see uh, if you can get any read on how the inside part of the course is playing, because. I can't overestimate how important that could be. Um, saving ground <clears throat> on the turf is always important, but it hasn't been at fairgrounds this meet because of the course, but it might be doubly important if the inside part is better, a better running surface, because not only are you saving ground, but you're actually, you know, get going over the better part of the turf, of course. If that's true, there could just be a, a big, big advantage of the horses that, that get the rail. Either yeah, the number, the number the lead, one, but the, yeah. the Yankee seven in that race earlier on is definitely, uh, if that, that runner just sort of sends and is able to, to look much the best in that field, then I think that's that would be a good tip off that, that that's the spot to be. But one thing with moving the rails in is it does set up a little bit better for those, those wider moves just in terms of of getting around you know not such a uh you know a difficult configuration when the rails are far out it just makes it more of a straight you know along the uh along the turns so it might just have a little bit better better bend to it for for those wider moves um but you i think you might yeah any any horses can be dangerous on the outside or the inside will be uh will be live in there um and uh one other Horse to mention in there, the number seven, Trebirus. You know, talking to Pesson about her, he he's just kind of straightforward. Like we're really taking a shot here. You know, um, she she could be you know quite phenomenal, and uh, you know she just beat two other horses last time. So don't look into that race too much on that uh, on that off track. Um, but it does feel like when he's been having a great meet, um, I, not one I want to use on the win end in my pick five. Um, but could be could be live for sure. But uh, if you're thinking that one might be able to get the win, I'm, I'm thinking probably not. Okay, let's go to the ninth race. It is the New Orleans Classic, a mile and an eighth on dirt, purse of five hundred thousand for four year olds and up. Chris, your turn to get us started. Yeah, this one we get we get art collector who, um, you know. At least he fooled me last time in that, uh, you know, he ran that big race off the layoff, won the Pegasus. The horses have been coming out of that race and, and doing really well. So he's clearly the one to beat. But for me, um, there's some reasons to think, you know, he might be beatable in here. First of all, he's a six-year-old coming off a career best race that was off the layoff. So that is, um, you know, the, 
he seems likely to regress off that effort. I mean, not when I say regress doesn't mean I mean that he's probably not going to repeat the same figure he ran and he's probably not going to get the same perfect trip. And he also picks up weight and, you know, his normal race over from last year, isn't really any better than some of them in here. So he's likely to get heavily bet. Um, and I think he's, he doesn't have a tactical edge either. There's a lot of speed on the inside. So I think he's going to have to work, um, all the way around. So I, I'm, I'm going to take a shot against him. I, I think it's pretty wide open this race. I think he could go a lot of different ways. So, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to choose. <laughs> uh, Kevin, sure maybe, Kevin, maybe there. you could put a mute. Is that yeah, a, is okay, that a code in the background? It's on the backside. Let me get it real quick. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're getting the flavor of the, you know, fairgrounds backside on the pod. I like it. Um, uh, I'm going to go with a real bomber, which is kind of where what I'm doing in every race, uh, this, this card. Uh, and given that I'm, I'm going to go with a bomber, a great name would be Trafalgar, the four. Um, the Battle of Trafalgar was a, um, a big battle during the Napoleonic Wars. And uh, it's one the British one. And their, their commander was Lord Nelson, who is the sire of Trafalgar. So a little bit of history there. Um, but I like more than just the name. Um, and this race, you know, it, this is the classic kind of golden pattern, second off the layoff for a four-year-old with a horse that was sort of on the Triple Crown Trail, and he ran in a couple of the derby preps at the fairgrounds last year. Um, so I like the pattern, second off the layoff, you expect him to run well. His comeback effort was good, but the, even more so a couple of factors that make it even more likely to see him run a big race. One is he, since his uh, maiden win, he's had two, you know, two wins in his career. And both of those were with Lasix. All his other starts were without Lasix and he lost all those other starts. So this will be his third try with Lasix and he's two for two, including his last start. So I think, you know, he may be a horse where that makes a difference. It's a small sample size, but it's kind of seems more than coincidental that his two wins were, were on Lasix. And then the other big factor is he just got claimed by Chris Hartman, who is one of, if not the hottest trainer in the United States right now. He's very good off the claim. He's actually um, one off the claim before moving into a stakes. And, you know, this was just a perfect time to claim a horse, you know, the, this second, you know, right off the bench, he claims him and now he steps him right into a stakes race. Um, for me, he's the potential big move up horse and he's 30 to one on the morning line. I, so I'm going to go with bombs away with Trafalgar, the four horse. Trafalgar, he's two for four at Fairgrounds. He's got that going for him. And uh, yeah, uh, I can see it. Kevin, what do you got? That's an interesting case for Trafalgar. I think this this race, it's a head scratcher for sure. Um, I mean, I know reports was, you know, when they gelded him um, ahead of that run on May 7th that he was doing great and he just didn't didn't get there in those runs at Churchill Downs um, over the summer. He was, he was in a tight, you know, entire backstretch. I've got my note, you know, he's just, he was in tight in a tough spot. He was able to pop out. He was really, really game of that effort. So you're, you're, you're pulling me that way. All right, guys, help me think through this race. So here's what I know. Treasury, the number one in here, Grant Forrester's horse. That's a full, full send. He's only, he's only one way of going with this horse, talking with Grant a bunch about this horse. You know, the times when he hasn't run quite as well, which he always puts on a deficit down, is when he just doesn't pull away from the field enough. So he's going to, you see that last running line, you know, three lengths ahead, six lengths ahead, five lengths ahead. That's what he wants to do. He wants to, you know, get so far ahead of them. He, he stays on that um, they just can't catch him at the end. So I don't think he can win, but it makes me wonder how that's going to stretch out the field and who's going to tend to that pace. Um, possibly, I mean, I think West willpower is the one that's most likely to go with them and, and you just kind of wonder is you know are they just going to let him go or will they kind of just go a little bit too fast 
The way, the way I'm thinking through it is that West Willpower will go with them, and that will tire, and I want to try to beat West Willpower. Um, the other thing that I know is, you know, our collector was a front runner, you know, for, for a while there. A lot of that had to do with the fact that he was just having gate, gate trouble, gate issues. And so they got Saez on him, and he, he was able to clean him well, and then Saez just did what Saez does, and he, and, he, and he gets him out there. And that wasn't his most comfortable way of going is, is what the, the barn thinks. So I think he's going to, you know, raid off of it, maybe get a little bit too far behind, farther behind than he's been for, for quite some time. And that might not be the best sort of trip for him. It might sort of create some, some traffic issues he hasn't had to deal with. Um, but he does seem live in here. Still. All right. Walk and talk. Um, and, uh, I'm trying to figure out how to, how to get a price in here. I think the race could kind of unfold in a wacky way. I mean, Pioneer Medina was so, was so game last time, but I don't know if he can get the distance. Um, and then happy American. You know, Pesson was uh, he was back and forth about running him last time, and he's kicking himself for doing it. And so he came back and uh, has been doing doing really well, and um, he feels confident that he'll run back to the way he did in the Louisiana and in the um, in the Tenacious. So, but but then I'm thinking, all right, if, if, it, if we're stretched out, will he be will he be too far back to really be able to get it done? Um, what do you guys think? My, if my race design goes as planned, how do, how do you think how do you think it might play out? I'm having trouble thinking through this race. All right. Well, uh, uh, I'll make my pick, and then we'll uh, we'll hash it out. Um, okay. So I actually I'm trying to beat the favorite too, <clears throat> and I'm also trying to beat Western Willpower West Willpower. Uh, and the horse that I landed on to do that was Mr. Wireless. <clears throat> he's been at the top of his game, but he's just finished second in his last three. Pioneer Medina was all out and ran the race of his life to, to beat him in his last. Um, Mr. Wireless is a little bit slower than the favorites, but they both come off of top efforts that could set them back. And he gets six pounds from each of them. So I think Mr. Wireless is sort of the one that can do it. But I also, you know, I, I did not like Happy American in his last race off a, a double top, and he shouldn't have run him, but he did run a complete non-effort. So <clears throat> that's exactly what you want to see. If he, had, if he had finished second or third, you know, maybe it would have taken something out of him. Um, I, I'm inclined to include him, but I might have to single Mr. Wireless to make this affordable. Um, but that's where I'm landing. So, Scott, I'm really surprised because you always love rattle and roll. And this is one race where I was seriously considering making in my plan. I thought for sure Scott's going to pick rattle and roll, but you're not on him. What, what got you off rattle and roll? Because you've always been a fan and even in races where I didn't like him at all. So why don't you like him in here? Mm, I mean, he's got a shot. He, uh, you know. He's got a shot. I don't know. It's a tough <laughs> sequence. Just, it's a tough sequence. Yeah, I was I mean, just really. I was really surprised. I I thought for well, sure looking at this, I go, well, I know who Scott's going to pick. He's going to pick Rattle and Roland. <laughs> he might actually win this race. So, um, you know, one thing on Mister Wireless, his rider Deshaun Parker, he's had that horse parked four wide in every race. And now he's on an outside post, and I just don't have any confidence that he's going to try to save ground. He just doesn't seem like a jockey who values saving ground. So that was that was why I kind of downgraded him. I like the horse, but I'm just afraid he's going to go three, four wide on both turns again, like he has in all his races um, that he's ridden them in. So that that's my big concern with him is the ground loss, because I think he can't win if he gets that trip. Well, it is uh, that that is a, a major reason why he he should have been able to win the the last race. Right, exactly. Five wide, both turns. Um, yeah. Gosh, I I I, I hope uh, Brett Calhoun has a conversation with him and says, "Hey, you know what? This time, try going two to three wide." 
it, yeah, it's a it's a longer race. It's a longer race, <laughs> and there's going to be all this speed up front. So he, uh, it'll be almost impossible for him to be five wide on the first turn. I I, I just figure he's it's just not possible. <laughs> okay, but just look at this horse. Every well, there, time because there's, him, there's not that many horses in the race. There's only eight horses, and like four of them are going to be ahead of him. So all at the right, most, two, three two can races. be on his inside. All right, two races back, it was a seven-horse field, and he managed to be three wide on all the way around. I'm just saying, this jockey, either he's been told to keep the horse out of the kickback or out of traffic, or he just likes to stay out there. But I, I don't know why all of a sudden he's going to try to save ground in here when he never has before. Um, that's the concern. You're going to get a good price. I'm, not, I'm just saying, because I really like the horse off his numbers and his consistency. How could you not like him? But I'm just afraid he's going to be parked wide again. That's all. That's the only caveat I would say with him. But if he, if they do save ground, there's no reason why this horse couldn't win. If he doesn't go wide, he, he certainly fits. Yeah. So yeah. You know, rattle and roll wouldn't shock me. And, and you know, but I, I, I think Mr. Wireless is at the top of his game. They're carrying the same amount of weight. Mr. Wireless is, um, yeah, he's, he, he's my play. Yeah. Rattle and roll is one that has been, been working really well. And if, if you look at his numbers, the way that he really came on at the end of a three year old year old year, I think he's got a really big right to improve. I think he can get the distance. Um, I mean, the peak barn across the board has just been um, seeming really focused and, and uh, just uh, looking really good in the mornings left and right. Um, you know, for me, it's, it, it, I really like a price in the next race. So I'm either going to um, use Happy American and Art Collector, or I hate, I hate to use two horses. When I get to two, it always makes me think, let's just go with one here instead of doubling the price. So I would just go with Art Collector. Um, be able to rate off of it, not getting too mixed up in the pace. But um, in my tickets, when I use the horse we'll talk about next, I'll, I'll probably lean on that. But otherwise, I think it's open. I mean, I think Treasury could steal it because they're all just going to let them go. And if the track is favoring speed in the rail, as it has been on a lot of our days recently, that horse could uh, could continue to get bold and let them let them keep on going. Um, Trafalgar, you talked me into um, rattle and roll. In there, happy American. I'm against Mr. Wireless. Um, I, I just think he's he's had his shots, but I mean, all reports are he's doing great. And you know, Deshaun, when he comes back, he's like he ran even better this time. You know, he just got beat again. Um, and like you're saying, he has been going wide. Um, <laughs> he's, yeah, Deshaun. Yeah. This time he's going to be six wide and just get beat. <laughs> You've got him beat in every race. If you just ride the horse with some sense of saving ground, he wins every time. I know it's been that close every time, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, he, it, it, I think literally that horse could be on a four-race win streak if not for the rider. You know, the rider has cost him the race in, in his last four, I think. Maybe the one time where Happy American beat him by a couple lengths. But, you know, he was parked wide. He just has, he has not had a good trip. And he's, run. you know, you know he runs his race every time. Yeah. Yeah, so to get an official pick for me, I'm, uh, you know what? I'm going to take rattle and roll. I'm going to take rattle and roll. Official pick. There we go. We got the rattler in there. Good. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, I guess we're, we're done with that race. We're done with that race. Hey. And, and that's good because we're already a half an hour into this thing. We've only gone into two races. So let's go Let's go to the 10th race. It's the Muniz Memorial Classic, grade two, mile and an eighth on turf, purse of 300000 for four-year-olds and up. Kevin, what do you got? All right. So in the Muniz, I'm against two Emmys. Um, I mean, he's just he's doing great and, you know, all those sort of things that uh, you want to see. You know, he doesn't have to take the lead. That's something that Hugh always says. We've seen him run well without the lead, but he, he continues to do it. I just don't think they're going to let him let him go. Um, the price horse I like here is Rising Empire. Looking at the figures, um, this runner fits, and we just recently moved to the turf. He loves the turf here. The barn has been 
feeling great about him for, for quite some time. Straight answer, that was that was a game throw from the Cox Barn getting the win, two back against him. And um, Flo's going to get up. I think he's going to be able to, to figure out a, a good trip, likely on the rail, as you're talking about. If that's a good spot to be, I think he's going to be a big bomb in here. But I think he fits one step forward, you know, in this third third start on the turf, and uh, um, and he's live. So uh, that's 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 my bombs away and uh, and the Muniz. Okay, <clears throat> rising empire out of a mare who had a win on turf and. Uh, I meant to look this up before. <clears throat> um, also is uh, related to Rocketry, who you may not remember, uh, winning on turf, but won three of 14 races on turf. So definitely some breeding there and does have a win. Chris, where are you at? Yeah, he's a half to Rocketry. So, yeah, they're both out of the same mare. Um, well, I um on same horse, Rising Empire. It's a good hunch. Uh, double uh, Trafalgar and Rising Empire. You know the battle where the British Navy showed its supremacy, and then the British Empire was on the rise after that. So there's your hunch double. Um, uh, you know he's a five-year-old, but he's a five-year-old with upside. Turf routers a lot of times develop late. This horse in particular only had three starts prior to his four-year-old year. And like Kevin said, um, they finally got him on the turf. Not sure why it took so long, given his breeding and, and the fact that, you know, he's a half to rocketry and his dam was all turf and he's by Empire Maker. But he certainly has taken to it. His first turf effort, he had a really bad trip and he still almost won. And then his last one, he kind of dominated. And, um, you know, I think he has upside. He can still improve. He has a really good workout since then. I'm, I would like this horse even more if they stretch him out longer, given, you know, rocketry was kind of a real genuine marathon type. Um, but uh, I think even at this distance, he's good enough to win this. And I'm hoping Drew, you know, gets over to the rail, tucks in behind the speed. And if the rail is the place to be and this horse can work a trip, you know, I think he, he could definitely pull the upset 21 in the morning line. You know, I'm at, I don't know if you get 20 to one, but you'll get a good price. And I think there's a lot of value in the two rising empire. Okay. Well, uh, I was checking out my picks as you guys were talking about rising empire. I did watch his last race and I wasn't sure. I knew I didn't pick him on top, but I did have him as an include. My top pick though, is going to reluctantly go to gentle soul. Who's three for six on turf and three for five at fairgrounds. He had trouble in his last. Uh, you know, he ran a big race two races ago, and then he had trouble in his last and regressed a little bit. Perfectly good excuse for that, and um, I, I think he'll be tough. And if he's five to one, which I, I'm not sure any reason why he wouldn't be, uh, I like him. I also like Spooky Channel. He has to be used. He consistently puts up big numbers and is third off a laugh for a trainer that hits 24% that way. I would use <clears throat> Rising Empire and also Atone. You know, he's 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 got that inside post. He probably won't be on the lead, but he'll be close and saving ground. And I think you got to use him somehow. Yeah, jump back in, Kevin. Yeah, the um, you rounded out my top three there with the uh, Spooky Channel and um, Gentle Soul. That, that work from Spooky Channel recently was 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 really really great um got to see that one and um talking to the barclays they're just you know just shocked that this guy could be doing better than he's ever been doing at least since they've had him um but we, we hear that again and again with these these older english channels right they say he's just a monster right now um i think he can be you know tending to the pace um he, he got this distance just recently uh, it doesn't need to be longer. That last race is over soft, which, um, you know, he's run, run well over, you know, wet, wet turf before, but, um, you know, couldn't beat another mystery though, who is also live in here. I mean, the block barn has been, they, they won five races on the turf, the most of anybody, um, in our small sample size, but, uh, spooky channel, I think is, is the English channel you wanted here and should be, should be more value. We'll see how Rosario's doing at fairgrounds on the day. You know, sometimes he has big days here. Uh, sometimes not. 
Um, and then gentle soul. Yeah. I think, I think the betters are going to sleep on that one. I think, uh, um, very interesting. Definitely, definitely fits and, um, should be trying to climb that, uh, the outer fence definitely won't be going to the front. They tried that one time going to the front and they know that that's not the way that, uh, gentle soul wants to run. So we'll be looking to save ground and tip out and, uh, and fly late. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because if these riders all race to the outside rail, um, I think they could be making a big mistake on this turf course. I know if I were a jockey, I would be out there walking that turf course um, on Saturday morning to see if that rail looks like the place to be. Um, uh, it'd be interesting to see if any of them do that because, you know, I, I think especially the local riders might end up making a big mistake. That would be interesting to see. Um, it, it's, I, you know, I'm just speculating, but... I've got to believe um, the untouched, pristine, you know, rail is probably going to be better going than the chewed up, you know, little paper clip they've been running on throughout the entire meet. But we'll see. It'll be interesting. I think the riders coming in are all going to ride that way because they're used to riding that way. The local riders, you don't know. Um, and I don't disagree with anything you guys said about those horses. And we haven't <clears throat> talked much about the favorites of Tone and Two Emmys. It does seem like they both want to run the same race, so they might get in each other's way. It's hard to say how that race will unfold, but it seems like there will be, you know, an honest pace. It's not, they're not going to be going too slow up front, you wouldn't think. And somebody else might get involved early and help, you know, pick the pace up a bit. Maybe that outside horse, Native Thunder, will go from that outside post. So I'm thinking it'll be an honest pace. So a horse like Spooky Channel, you know, maybe can uncoil late. Um, so, you know, I, I can see that for sure. Or Gentle Soul, if he sets off, settles back. Or Rising Empire. And you did mention another mystery. That's the other horse I was kind of interested in. He's just really consistent. He's run well at fairgrounds. He's in good form. Um, maybe he's one that gets overlooked a bit. And, and Flavian Pratt gets on board. And like you said, Chris Block has, has been having a good year. So he's the other one I would consider the, you know, outside of rising empire from a value standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 you know, he, he was the horse that I was going to pick and then somehow I didn't include him and I'm, I'm including him because I've always liked another mystery and yeah, he, he, he looks like he could run a winning race. Yeah. Everyone likes another mystery, right? You know, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's move on to the 11th. It's the Fairgrounds Oaks, grade two, mile 16th on dirt for Phillies, three-year-old Phillies, purse of 400000 Chris, your turn to get us started. Yeah, small field, but there's three horses everyone's going to look at, the three, four, and five. Who's your filly? Um, it's way overplayed last time. It did have some legitimate excuses, but didn't get the job done. Um, probably be the favorite in here again. But I'm, um, if I play the pick five, you know, the way I'll play it is to try to beat those three horses. Because if you beat the three, four, and five in here, uh, the pick five is going to pay. Because probably most all the money will go through those three. And I'm going to go with the one horse, Southlawn, who, um, you know, really, they tried her a couple times on the turf. And, then, and they put her back on the dirt in her last race. And she ran a really big race on the front end. Um, kind of stole away and didn't stop. And I think there's a chance she could get the same kind of trip in here. I mean, she finished that race off really well. Norm Cassie is probably battling Chris Hartman for the, the hottest trainer in the United States right now. And, um, you know, his barn's on fire. This filly ran big. They might not. Uh, she could get some pressure from the two horse. Um, who's, you know, but um, I'm thinking she they'll send from the rail if she can clear or shake off the two early on because Rosario tends to be a little bit patient. Um, they might not catch South Lawn, especially if it's like a speed favoring rail bias track, like Kevin said, sometimes fairgrounds is. Um, and she's eight to one on the morning line. I got to believe she'll be higher even in the wind pool. But certainly in the pick five, she's going to be closer to like 80 to one. Um, so, uh, you know, Southlawn, to me, is the potential to unlock a big payoff in the pick five. 
Ooh, Southlawn, big race, and that big race was here at Fairgrounds. Kevin, what do you got? Am I off mute? Yes, you are. Yeah, she she looked really nifty in that move when she did advance the lead um, last time. You know, I mean, it's a question that we got to deal with in this race and the next race is uh, the Lasix question, right? With how much uh, was that a part of her being able to uh, to get that number and to, and to run so well? Uh, but like you're saying, I mean, not only does she have the rail and have some uh, some early speed, she's also got Ray who's got the track, you know, figured out and, you know, the biases of it just about as, I would say, as, as, as good as anybody here. He studies it like crazy. It's a big part of, of, of his success. Um, and sometimes it's nothing too much to study. He just know, know how it's going. The bar, the bar really loves South Lawn. She, she, you know, they, they feel like she's going to move, move forward. But for me, I'm just singling with, uh, with pretty mischievous guys. I've got off my, my love affair with, uh, Who's your Philly that you guys got to hear me uh, go on about last time? Um, she, I think I think she's still going to offer a little bit of value in here. I do think you know Cox's Phillies, you know, definitely is going to get bet, deservedly so. Who's your Phillies? Likely the favorite. I agree, going to get bet. So pretty mischievous going to get you know not a ton of value, but just a, just a little bit there that's going to make me uh, feel like that's a, a nice way to play um, the pick five to to get my price in the next leg too. If I get that Rising Empire on the one before. Um, the Walsh barn, they're just like, they're kind of blown away that there's not more hype about, about her. They've been touting her since, uh, since, they, since she's come to the barn, she's had a really nice, steady, um, incremental progression that, um, uh, feels like she's going to, going to step forward from. And for me, that's more than enough to beat these, um, uh, eight to one somehow winning last time. And, uh, Brian Hernandez Jr. is going to get up and he can, he can take the reins just as well as, as T gap and has won with this, with this, with this runner. He's got, Tactical options can tend to the pace or can come from off of it. Um, I like pretty mischievous. Okay, well, I I have I'm too deep in this race. I'm picking on top. I'm picking the Alice Look, who has a steadily progressing pattern. Plenty of space into this race. Only bad race is on the slop. But I will also use pretty mischievous, who shows a great progression. Also, is also a little faster. And only her only losing race was going two turns for the first time. So I, I both think they look really strong. They're not much value, but there's only five horses. So what are you going to do? Um, I'll go too deep with those two here. All right. I don't really have anything to add. I, for me, it's just uh, the alleys look, seeing how Chop Chop you know, who we thought was impressive when she, she uh, turned that runner back and seeing how she's just, you know, throwing out two more duds. Um, you know, the numbers are there for sure for, for the alley's look and the connections and all that sort of stuff. But that just makes me a little bit sour on, on her um, in there. Um, but she's got every right to, to get it done. You know, she'll be fresh in here, but maybe she'll be uh, more cranked for the next one, you know, since she's already, Looking like, I believe so. She's got enough points already to get to uh, to get to the Oaks. But um, <clears throat> you know, Sia's si up and all that. And then the wild card, of course, is that Christian De Oro, um, just recently into, into Steve's barn, and uh, you know, um, is going to try to, uh, I think, try to run them off their feet. So that could it could make the pace heat up there with the one of the two. We'll see if that's the way that Rosario decides to do it with uh, with the number two. But I, I wouldn't bet that one. I don't think she can get it done. Okay, well, yeah, I'm just thinking they're. I was gonna say, I think on the two, they're gonna they're trying to get her to relax. Uh, my guess is that's why Rosario Rosario will try to not send that horse. I think they're trying to 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 get it to settle more. So we'll see. Um, I'm actually a little surprised it's in this race, but I, I don't think they're gonna send that one. I could be wrong. If they do, that's certainly gonna compromise Southlawn's chances. Okay, well, we're going to have a lot to talk about in the Louisiana Derby, so let's go there. It's the 12th, a grade two, mile and three-sixteenths, a purse of $1 million for three-year-olds. And Kevin, what do you got for us? All right. Um, instant coffee is going to get bet. 
for sure. You can see it with that two to one morning line, and uh, you know Mikey D makes makes the lines, and he's he's watching the horses in the morning, and and uh, he's he's been doing the best of the of the Cox three year olds here at Fairgrounds. Um, but I'm gonna try to beat him. I mean, the pace scenario doesn't set up well for a late closer, and obviously the price isn't what we want. I think there's a lot of progressive horses that uh, can get it done. Caliostro, the seven. I do like this one. Um, fourth start, a lot of talent, a lot of, uh, you know, potential physically and, and mentally has just been, uh, um, you know, a project for him. And the barn, you know, I've been able to talk with them a bunch about it and, and, and get to know this runner. And he, um, you know, what, what he's showing them now is that uh, he's put it together and he's, uh, he's, he's loving being out there in the mornings he's consistent. He, um, doesn't come out there and, 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 you know, act up or do anything crazy as he was maybe doing a little bit earlier before they couldn't even take him outside and walk. Cause he would break loose. They had to keep him, uh, along the shed row, um, like over the summer at Saratoga. And, um, he's having fun out there. He loves it. He can't wait to get out there. He's got that sort of extra aspect to him. And then, you know, when he got turned away by Dennington coming through the wire, he, um, he came back on him. Um, so that's another just sign for me. I mean, I like to see these runners when they when they've got that you know that edge that 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 sort of X factor of uh, they they want to win. They're willing themselves to win. You know, talent is one thing, um, especially at this point in three year old season. Like, are they really? Do they have it figured out? And I think he does. Um, will we get twelve to one? I bet not. I, I've heard a lot of people uh, picking him, so I'm not sure if we will get that price. Um, Dennington is the other one that I really like in here. Um, still working great. My big question is that Lasix question that Lasix added in that last run. Um, but it was also the blinkers on for that one race. Blinkers off did something for him. But like I was talking about last time, he still has that uh, the extra little surge at the wire in the mornings. Um, you can see Corey Landry decided to get off. And when I'm here and Corey made that decision, you never know how people sort of represent those things. But that's that's what I'm hearing. And uh, he decides to get on baseline beater. But uh, Junior Alvarado, uh, I still feel confident that he can work out a good trip. But also baseline beater is one that uh, I'm going to be using, too, in here. You know, uh, so Dennington's my top pick. But uh, those these other two, baseline beater, he just hasn't had a clean go, whether it's been gate issues. And he's slow out of the gate. That's just how he goes. And he's going to settle the back. But um, he was in so thick there coming around the turn of that last race that uh, you just didn't think he had a shot. And when he got through traffic, he, he can, he has no problem running through traffic and he's going to have to deal with that. He, he can hit any lane and the distance is his friend. He, he's going to be able to get the distance. It's a huge part of this to go on one mile three sixteenths. Um, the way he pulled away from those two runners, um, Earl Dassel, his stable mate there and fighting ready who, you know, the barn was high on, um, they, it was like he pulled, pulled away to the wire, but then he kept on pulling away. So he's going to be really interested in here and definitely be a huge prize. Okay, so Dennington top pick, and one you gave out four weeks ago at eight to one, just beating Cagliostro. Uh, however you pronounce that, uh, Chris, what do you got? Well, for me, this race was—I mean, within just glancing at it, I knew exactly who I liked. Um, two horses for two different reasons, but for. One in particular, the one I'll go with on the pod, is the five-horse disarm, who um, he, you know, he has the second off the layoff pattern for a three-year-old. And uh, in his races, I mean, all his races to me have been pretty good. His initial race, he kind of just didn't like getting in behind horses and getting kicked back in his face. And he, he had broke slowly and just a lot of things went wrong. But then his second start, he just destroyed a, a field going seven furlongs at Saratoga. It was a good field. It was a maiden race, but had horses like Rocket Can and Perform and Croupie and Arthur's Ride. And he crushed them. And so tons of talent there. And then uh, he had the long layup and he came back. Now, off the layoff, first route, had a, another bad start, which is my biggest concern with him. Um, but he um, 
and he looked pretty good. And then in the middle of the race on the turn, he just kind of fell back again. I don't think he likes kickback or maybe he just didn't like the inside. Maybe the going, something was wrong. But once they straightened out, he got rolling. He wasn't going to catch a horse that was loose on the lead trained by Chris Hartman that day. But I thought it was a pretty good comeback effort. And, you know, he needed the race. And it was his first route. And now he's going second off the layoff for Asmussen, whose three-year-olds almost always progress from start to start. And I think he's sitting on a, a really big race. He's been training well. Um, he gets Rosario. And Rosario and Asmussen, when they team up in you know graded stakes races, especially for Winchell-owned horses, you know, they they win a lot of races. So to me, there's all kinds of positives. It's 10 to 1 on the morning line, you know, and a race with a lot of decent horses, but I don't know if there's any derby caliber winners types in here. Um, to me, Disarm looks like the one that might be the most talented and sitting on a big race. I have a formulator saved pattern for this trainer, uh, for the same trainer, and uh, I'm sorry, trainer, owner, and jock. And the numbers actually aren't quite, well, they, they, they could be mixed because sometimes uh, there's multiple uh, uh, horse owners, but directly for this owner, seven for 32, 22% win percentage with a 144 ROI. But um, certainly... So I was just looking that up as as we were going. Filter that by, if you do it graded stakes, just look at them in graded stakes. Okay, I'll do that. All epicenter though, right? I mean, how many of those are epicenter? Right, right. Uh, Well, anyway, I do. Right. Oh, I guess Rosario didn't ride. Did he ride Gunrunner? No, Flo did. Never mind. Anyway, um, so yeah, I'm I'm using disarm. I, I I definitely like him. I like that pattern, and he was also against a speed flow, just uh, for more powder for you, Chris. He was against a speed flow of a CFR of four, which is on a scale of zero to one hundred, one to one hundred, and one is like the absolute most speed favoring. So uh, so he wasn't going to catch that horse, and. Uh, Anyway, I'll get to my pick, which is single ruler. Now, you know, these DeSormo long shots, they happen every once in a while, and I, and I think I got him this, t- this time. I, and he's absolutely, <clears throat> absolutely positively in the super um, because I looked at his last race, and his last race, he's an in-and-outer, right? He runs one big race, then he reacts. Then he runs a better race, he reacts. Today's the day that he runs the better race. He improved dramatically um, <clears throat> once he started going two turns, and um, he he got a really good number winning his maiden race. In his last race, he was sent off at forty-two to one in the Risen Star, and he ran okay. He finished fifth, five lengths back, but he did regress on the sheets, which is what I would will like to see. I don't want to see like too huge of a an improvement every time. So I think that he's <clears throat> he's. Uh, He's coiled, ready for today. The only thing is, I do question why they're using this jock, David Cohen, which he's only ridden once for DeSormo. But I also, I got off a 25 to 1 at the NHC because, of the, because I was wondering why they were using the jock. So, so I'm, I'm going to stay with that horse, and um, that'll be my pick. And then, and then I, I have... A couple other uses, uh, Shopper's Revenge, Sun Thunder, and Disarm. So, Scott, that was your pick in that last time you ran, too, right? Didn't you like Single Ruler in that one as well? No, I don't it think so. It seems like... Really? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I liked him last I thinking, time. Yeah. Okay. I, I knew some, one, of, one of us did, because I kind of liked him a little in there, too. I was just afraid, um, you know, in that race... That you know, the time to have him might have been the time before, but yeah, he certainly fits. Uh, the thing I want to mention in here that gets to my other horses, uh, for this kind of a race with a big field, you know, a big derby prep, there's really an absence of front runners, there's really not a lot of speed in this race, which 
for me makes my you know other pick kind of an obvious one you want to give serious consideration to and that's the 11 horse jace's road and if you look at this horse's form um if it's not as long as the track's not sloppy and as far as i know there's no rain in the forecast for tomorrow at fairgrounds you know this horse runs really well on fast tracks in fact um, you know, his last race with a wire on a fast track was a wire to wire win at the fairgrounds. Um, I can see him, you know, doing the same thing in here. Um, you know, they, they send him, uh, and he had, he got caught in the slop last time in a race where he was chasing Arabian night with Joe Talamo on board, which is now he gets back, uh, you know, no Arabian night in here to chase back on a fast track back with his normal rider you know, flow and in a race that's kind of void of speed. So I'm guessing they'll gun from the rail. If they can get over and get the lead, uh, they may not catch him. So to me, that's another one at a big price where, you know, like I said, if you look at his fast track races, ignore the ones in the slop, he's been very, very good. And um, the rate, you know, might have a tactical advantage. So he and disarm are probably the two that I'm, I'm really going to be loading up on in this race. Yeah, I agree with you about JC's road. Uh, definitely going to use that one too. You just got to use, you've got to, I think, you know, if not two of these speedsters because of the pace situation, I really feel like the, the three horses I listed and I like on top were, you know, as horses, but when I look at them in this race, um, you know, you, I think you're going to want to, to be a little bit more forward and JC's road could steal it. No doubt. He doesn't like the slops. Um, a whole different scenario, and he's got plenty of room from this outside spot to be able to to get over, and you know, maybe they break at the beginning of the of our long stretch to get this distance. So, um, disarm. You know, Steve is saying that he's going to step forward with with the distance, right? The distance is going to be huge for him, but he's also saying like they're just running out of time, like they just were a little bit behind. You know, obviously since between August and Feb- February, so it might be a scenario where he's he's not quite quite there, but uh, but if he is. Um, we might see a really, really big, big effort from him. Um, and then single ruler, I think, I think, uh, Raquel may lost the, the mount after, after the ride he gave him, you know, he was saving ground on the inside. They started to use him. He got, got into the mix on the back, on the back stretch. And, uh, um, then he, then he dropped back. He, he used them and he dropped back. And he said, screw it. I'm going as wide as I can go. And then he just circled the field. And otherwise single ruler, he did have a good shot in that, in that last race. So I'm thinking that's why he lost, lost the mount. Yeah, the other horse I just want to mention because it was my pick the last time most of these got together, and that was the Four Sun Thunder. Um, you know, I thought he was going to run a big race. He did run a big race. Unfortunately, he didn't win. But there was nothing wrong with that effort. I don't think it was a fluke. But, you know, he's one of these horses where that was the time to have him. You know, he was 16 to 1. He'll probably be more like, you know, the 5 to 1 on, on the morning line. But I in and plus I don't think the pace scenario helps him much. But and he's certainly a horse that's probably as good as anybody else in the race if disarm doesn't run a big race. Um if he were to get a trip, um, you know, there's no reason why he couldn't win. But um I'm yeah, gonna go he, with disarm. He also yeah, he stumbled ahead. a bit in his uh, in his first you know at the start of that last race. It's not in the comment, but I watched the race. He stumbled a bit, and he might have been bumped. So I you know I don't know if it was the easiest of trips for him. And uh, I, he he's an absolute use for me. Sun Thunder. Yeah, and he he did have some traffic. I mean, he had like any horse coming from out of it. You know, he didn't have a super clean trip. You know, he had to wait a few times and and maneuver through traffic. So, you know, he could a little bit better trip. He might've won, but for his running style, it wasn't a terrible trip. Um, and, you know, but he is a good horse and, you know, it was kind of clear he was sitting on a big race there and he ran it. He just didn't win, unfortunately for me. Um, so, but, uh, you know, he could win with a, a good trip in here, if, especially if the pace is a little hotter than I think it will be, or if the track's playing, you know, against speed, which probably it won't be, you know, that those will all help him in his favor. 
Okay, guys, um, I, I am going to have to wrap it up because uh, I have something I've, I've got to do. But uh, I did want I do have time to ask for vulnerable favorites. Um, who do you think are the vulnerable favorites in this sequence? Kevin, you can start it off. Yeah, I think two Emmys is vulnerable. I think Instant Coffee is vulnerable. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, those are my big, big two. Yeah, I um, I don't think any of the favorites are particularly strong in this sequence. Um, to me, I wouldn't be surprised if none of the favorites win. So um, I'm probably not going to be playing any of them. At least uh, if I do, it'll be very sparingly. Yeah, How well, Didya, Didya might be, you know, sort of the least vulnerable favorite, right? I, I, to me, the layoff's a big question. The fact this is probably not a target race, despite whatever the trainer said, he doesn't ha have a good record of horses off the layoff, and this is certainly not, you know, their primary objective for the the year. So, uh, you know, to me, and it's a turf route going around two turns. So I, I don't know. I, maybe if I had to pick one, probably as strong as any of them, but. I'm not afraid to take a shot against that one. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 it's not like I'm licking my chops to bet against any of these, but I guess instant coffee is probably the one that I uh, sort of has, I think, has the 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 biggest chance to go down, just because it, it it's such a big field and um, a lot of the horses look good. Yeah, I think you can kind of say that about Art Collector. You know, he could win. But he doesn't look like a standout. Atone, he could win. Doesn't look like a standout. Instant Coffee, he could win. Doesn't look like a standout. Didia, she could win. Doesn't look like a standout. I mean, to me, that's kind of the. And then that one race where there's sort of three favorites that are all going to vie for favoritism. Who's your Phillies? Probably the likely favorite. But all three of them are going to take a lot of money. And I don't think you're going to get a lot of value betting against any of the three because the other two are going to be heavily bet as well. The only way to get any value out of that race, I think, is to either just pick one of them in the pick five or try to beat all three. All right. Well, uh, it's been a great it's been a great conversation and uh, uh, it's a great sequence. I think there's a lot of opportunity here. I would like to thank our guest, Kevin Kilroy. Kevin, thanks for handicapping with us. Yeah, it was great, guys. I think you, you sharpened up my uh, my sequence here and uh, let's, let's make some money. <laughs> absolutely that will conclude show number 217 of the sport of kings pod good luck at fairgrounds and wherever else you play and please enjoy the brooklyn boogaloo blowout i'll see you on sport kings cheers giddy up <laughs> <laughs>